I'm Ben Micellis from the Midas Touch Network. Major breaking news, special counsel Jack Smith has just filed a superseding indictment in federal court in the Southern District of Florida, adding additional crimes against Donald Trump and Trump's co-defendant, Waltine Nauta, as well as adding an additional co-defendant, someone by the name of Carlos de Oliveria, a maintenance worker at Mar-a-Lago who participated in a conspiracy to attempt to destroy security footage. We've been talking here on the Midas Touch Network and on Legal AF about the high probability that a superseding indictment would be filed. And we did mention Carlos de Oliveria, this maintenance worker, as the likely target of a superseding indictment. And that is indeed what took place, folks. We were not expecting this to happen today, though our attention was focused on what was going on in the Washington, D.C. grand jury where special counsel Jack Smith was presenting evidence about Donald Trump's crimes relating to election interference. So we thought that grand jury was going home. And so we said, OK, it's going to be a rest for the day on legal news. But no, then special counsel Jack Smith and his team filed this superseding indictment. I want to read for you right now the key portions of this superseding indictment, which now adds counts 39, count 40, count 41, and count 42 additional charges against Donald Trump, co-defendant Walti Nauta, and now co-defendant Carlos D. Oliveria. But the new portions of the criminal complaint begin on page 27, which talks about the attempt to delete security camera footage. You see Michael Popak, who's going to be joining us for commentary on this truly, truly critical breaking piece of news. So let's go through the new allegations starting on paragraph 74. This section is now called the attempt to delete security camera footage. Paragraph 74, on June 3rd, 2022, when FBI agents were at the Mar-a-Lago Club to collect documents with classifi classification markings from Trump Attorney 1 and Trump Attorney 3, the agents observed that there were surveillance cameras located near the storage room. On June 22nd, 2022, the Department of Justice emailed an attorney for Trump's business organization a draft grand jury subpoena requiring the production of certain security camera footage from the Mar-a-Lago Club, including footage from cameras, quote, on the ground floor basement where the storage room was located. Paragraph 76. On June 23, 2022, at 8.46 p.m., Trump called the new co-defendant, Carlos de Oliveria, and they spoke for approximately 24 minutes. On Friday, June 24, 2022, the Department of Justice emailed the attorney for Trump's business organization, the final grand jury subpoena, which required the production of, quote, any and all surveillance records, videos, images, photographs, and or CCTV from internal cameras at certain locations, at the Mar-a-Lago Club, including on ground floor basement from January 10th, 2022 to June 24th, 2022. The same day, June 24th, 2022, at 1.25 p.m., Trump Attorney 1 spoke with Trump by phone regarding the subpoena for security camera footage. At 3.44 p.m., Nauta received a text message from a co-worker, Trump Employee 3, indicating that Trump 
wanted to see Nauta. Less than two hours later, Nauta, who was scheduled to travel with Trump to Illinois the next day, changed his travel schedule and began to make arrangements to go to Palm Beach, Florida instead. Nauta provided inconsistent explanations to colleagues for his sudden travel to Florida. At 7.14 p.m. on June 24th, he texted one person that he would not be traveling with Trump the next day because he had a family emergency and used shushing emojis, shushing emojis. At 9.48 p.m. that night, he texted a Secret Service agent that he had to check on a family member in Florida. And after he arrived in Florida on June 25th, he texted the same Secret Service agent that he was in Florida working around the same time on June 24th that Nauta was making his travel plans to go to Florida. Nauta and De Oliveria contacted Trump employee four, who was the director of information technology at the Mar-a-Lago Club as files. At 5.02 p.m., Nauta sent text messages to Trump employee four asking, quote, hey, bro, you around this weekend? At 5.05 p.m., Nauta texted De Oliveria asking, hey, brother, you working today? De Oliveria responded, yes, I just left. Nauta then called De Oliveria and they spoke for approximately two minutes. At 5.09 p.m., Trump employee four texted a response to Nauta, quote, I am local, entertaining some family that came to visit. What's up? Nauta responded to Trump employee for, okay, cool, no biggie. Just wanted to see if you were around. Enjoy, bro. At 6.56 p.m., De Oliveria texted Trump employee for, quote, hey, buddy, how are you? Walter called me early, said it was trying to get in touch with you. I guess he's coming down tomorrow. I guess needs you for something. Trump employee four responded, quote, he reached out, but he didn't say what he wanted. I told him I was local, but entertaining some family members that came from New York City this weekend. He told me no worries. At 6.58 p.m., Trump employee four texted Nauta, bro, if you need me, I can get away for a few. Just let me know. Nauta responded, sounds good. Thank you. On Saturday, June 25th, 2022, Nauta traveled from Bedminster, New Jersey to Palm Beach, Florida. Prior to Nauta's trip, De Oliveria told a valet at the Mar-a-Lago Club, Trump Employee 5, that Nauta was coming down. De Oliveria asked Trump Employee 5 not to tell anyone that Nauta was coming down because Nauta wanted the trip to remain secret. De Oliveria also said Trump Employee 5 told Trump Employee 5 that Nauta wanted De Oliveria to talk to Trump Employee 4 to see how long camera footage was stored. Shortly after arriving in Palm Beach on the evening of June 25th, Nauta went to the Mar-a-Lago Club and met with De Oliveria at 5.46 p.m. At the Mar-a-Lago Club, Nauta and De Oliveria went to the security guard booth where surveillance video is displayed on monitors, walked with a flashlight through the tunnel where the storage room was located, and observed and pointed out surveillance cameras. On Monday, June 27, 2022, at 9.48 a.m., De Oliveria walked to the IT office where Trump employee four was working with another employee in the IT department. De Oliveria requested that Trump employee four step away from the office so that De Oliveria and Trump employee four could talk. At 9.49 a.m., Trump employee four and De Oliveria left the area of the IT office together and walked through a basement tunnel. De Oliveria took Trump employee four to a small room known as an audio closet near the white and gold ballroom. Once inside the audio closet, De Oliveria and Trump employee four had the following exchange. De Oliveria told Trump employee four that their conversation should remain between the two of them. De Oliveria asked Trump employee four 
how many days the server retained footage. Trump employee four responded that he believed it was approximately 45 days. De Oliveria told Trump employee four that, quote, the boss wanted the server deleted. Trump employee four responded that he would not know how to do that and that he did not believe that he would have the rights to do that. Trump employee four told De Oliveria that De Oliveria would have to reach out to another employee who was a supervisor of security for Trump's business organization. De Oliveria then insisted to Trump employee four that, quote, the boss wanted the server deleted and asked, quote, what are we going to do? At 10.14 a.m., De Oliveria texted Nauta, who was still in Florida, hey, buddy, are you working today? De Oliveria then called Nauta at 10.15 a.m., and they spoke for approximately one minute. Later that day at 1.06 p.m., Nauta texted De Oliveria, who was at the Mar-a-Lago Club, on my way to you. Between 1.31 p.m. and 1.50 p.m., De Oliveria walked through the bushes on the northern edge of the Mar-a-Lago Property Club to meet with Nauta on the adjacent property then walked back to the IT office that he had visited that morning and then walked again through the bushes on the northern edge of the Mar-a-Lago Club property to meet with Nauta on the adjacent property. At 3.55 p.m., Trump called De Oliveria and they spoke for approximately three and a half minutes. Michael Popak, I want to bring you on right now. We believe that Trump employee four is useful to Varus someone who oh, yeah. we've been talking about who runs the IT at Mar-a-Lago. And the only thing that I'll add is that this uh, superseding indictment also now adds counts 39, 40, 41, and 42, additional charges against Trump, Nauta, and now De Oliveria. Count 39 is making false statements and representations. Count 40 is altering, destroying, mutilating, or concealing an object. Count 41, corruptly altering, destroying, mutilating, or concealing a document. Count 42, false statements and representations. And many of those go through the statements that were previously given by Nauta and De Oliveria, where they said they had nothing to do with any of this. And of course, it looks like Yusel Tavares and other Trump employees are cooperating with Special Counsel Jack Smith. Specific stuff, incredibly damaging. Michael Popak, I just thought it was so critical to read what these allegations are so there is no ambiguity here at all. Yusel Tavares has dropped a dime on Donald Trump. He testified to the grand jury at the end of May. He was the IT director. They asked him specifically about um, Diego Vera and the request to erase security camera footage. We didn't know the answers to those questions, but it's obvious now that while Jack Smith wanted in the interest of fast justice to get the original indictment with Walt Nauta and, Do and Donald Trump, which he had buttoned down out the door, assigned to a judge and start that process of setting a trial to follow closely behind a superseding indictment that would gather up other people depending upon who was playing ball with the prosecutor and who wasn't. We know there is one maintenance worker who is who's not only not an unindicted co-conspirator, but is a cooperator with the government. That, that maintenance worker gave lots of testimony, we believe, about Walt Nauda, about De, Ol De Oliveira, and ultimately about Yusel Tavares. So, they, so Jack Smith always had that testimony. End of May, he gets Yusel Tavares, and they're asking very pointed questions, almost softballs, people have sort of reported that off leaking, asking him about the video deletion, because there is a missing gap mm 
in the video camera that's not explainable by normal practice. It's only explainable, really, by somebody hitting the delete button. And the question is, could uh, uh, Jack Smith, at the time of the original indictment, pin that pin that tail on Donald Trump? And the answer at that moment was no, but the answer to that question now is yes. And it was worth it, not just to bring Yusil Tavares into the mix as, as defendant number three, but to bring the deletion of the uh, video surveillance camera and lay that at the feet of Donald Trump to blow apart once and for all any argument, right, that he was acting with pure heart and pure mind without criminal intent, because those those aspects are inconsistent. That though people that are walking the straight and narrow, those that don't think that they are hiding in with criminal and willful intent from federal judges, federal prosecutors um, like Jay Bratt, who was coming for a meeting, his own lawyer Evan Corcoran, and uh, and search warrants. Uh, and subpoenas, uh, don't do the things that Donald Trump is doing. And that is what Jack Smith's team will tell eventually a jury in Mar-a-Lago. And, and if even if the jury is comprised of a couple of people that got into the box thinking that they were pro-Trump about what if and what if-isms, that's going to be blown apart by the sheer volume of evidence, just like this one. Because this one, you know, you're just listening to you describe it. I don't want to. Un you, you didn't undersell how in how mind blowing and what a bombshell this particular piece of evidence is, and why Jack Smith went through the bother of going back to a grand jury because that's the superseding indictment process and put new evidence in front of them, and then ask them to update the indictment because most of the indictment is the same. That's why you and I were able to take to the air so quickly because three quarters of it's the exact same as the last indictment, except for. This, which blows a hole in if there was any doubt that that Donald Trump was dead to rights on the issue of criminal intent. It's done now because no one does what he does unless he thinks he's committing a crime or covering up a crime. Right. I I assure you and for people that are out there, not really in our audience, but in the other in the other audience that thinks that it's the same exact thing as Joe Biden having some boxes in his garage. It is not because Joe Biden did not delete his security camera footage, uh, cover it up, hide it from his lawyers, move the boxes in an elaborate shell game from property to property to evade detection in an elaborate cover-up. That is Donald Trump. And that is the reason a jury, even a fair-minded jury, presuming him innocent, would find him guilty now with this new evidence should it, should it uh, prevail. Nobody who follows our show closely should be shocked. We reported on both uh, Yasiel Tavares and Oliveira, De Oliveira being in the crosshairs of the government. We thought one was cooperating and one was not. And it was confirmed just a week ago when it came out that uh, De Oliveira, well, we assumed it was De Oliveira, was the subject of a new target letter. That there wasn't just one target letter that week to Donald Trump. There was another one to De Oliveira about Mar-a-Lago. And so <clears throat> we've been sort of waiting. We got a little distracted today with the drum beats of what was going to happen, <coughs> pardon me, on the Jan 6 committee. But 
that will come in due course. You know, we're not here with a, a giant crystal ball. We don't get we don't get paid extra. We don't get paid at all. We don't get paid extra for predicting the exact moment of the indictment. We're here to do the analysis behind it. And so for here, I, I as a practicing trial lawyer who practices regularly in front of federal juries and like you, Ben, I cannot overstate what this kind of evidence does to the minds of the jury. When this is presented, both in the opening statement by the government during the course of the trial and in closing argument, backed by forensic analysis showing the deletions, people testifying about these conversations live, um, Walt Nauda may be flipping because he Walt Nauda route right now is in deeper, I, I could, there wasn't a ring of hell that I thought he wasn't already in. He's in a deeper uh, set of, of hell than he was before, which puts pressure on him to save himself, save yourself, man, and flip on the boss because you're otherwise going to spend a long time yep. in Leavenworth thinking about what you did. So I can't overestimate what the impact, this will suck the air out of the room. It changes the weather in the room. That's all the jury is going to be thinking about is why the heck, even the Trumpers who could be on the panel will think, why the heck would he have that conversation about deleting footage if he did nothing wrong, if he disappeared? De declassified things with his mind if he didn't have to declassify because they're presidential records. Oh, really? Then why do you care about moving 67 boxes with Walt Nauda in and out of your bedroom and moving them before your lawyer? This was the big mistake that Evan Corcoran made, or he did it in purpose yeah. by lurking, looking the other way. Evan Corcoran, his lawyer, gave Donald Trump a week to do mischief. He said, Mr. President, I'll be back next week to go through those boxes of documents. Do we have to do that? Do we Do we really, why don't we just tell him we don't have any? No, Mr. President, we'll be back in one week. Donald Trump heard, I got a week to hide evidence from my own lawyer before he meets in June with Jay Bratt from the counterintelligence department of the Department of Justice. And that's what he did. Yep. Moving 60, they counted it on the video, 67 boxes out of the room through Walt Nauda. And now to cover his tracks, because he said, oh crap, I have a video camera outside that, that room, let's delete. I defy a juror yep. to hold out on that evidence. Well, one final point that I want to add about what's new with the superseding indictment. If you go on page 16 and 17, remember that exchange where Donald Trump was showing these documents to uh, these individuals who were ghostwriting a book for Mark Meadows? In the original indictment, uh, the original indictment didn't state what those documents were. In essence, special counsel Jack Smith kind of brilliantly set a trap that Donald Trump walked right into because you couldn't tell from the original indictment if Donald Trump was just bragging about documents that he didn't have, if it wasn't actually a war plan relating to Iran, which is what Donald Trump was saying, that these highly classified documents were that he was showing. So Donald Trump went out there and thought that Jack Smith didn't have the goods. So Donald Trump and all of the kind of MAGA Republicans supporting him. So that could have been anything. That's Donald Trump just bragging about it. Not so. The superseding indictment <laughs> makes it clear now special counsel Jack Smith actually has those documents.
And Jack Smith kind of created an impression that maybe he didn't have the documents. And Trump and Trump's lawyers fell right into the trap. And it turns out that this is a document that actually Jack Smith has, um, which is now charged as count 32 in the superseding indictment, which is the top secret um, war plans regarding military activity in Iran. We got to jump, Popak, but I'll yeah. give you the very short final word yeah. right here. He's He's got a bigger problem because of that Iranian document, because the lawyers represented to the Department of Justice that Donald Trump told them there was no document. They didn't have that document. And again, this is the advantage that the Department of Justice has against an individual. They have they have its asymmetrical information. The government knows more than you do. And if you try to hide it, they're just going to pull it out. You mean this Iranian war plan document, yeah. national defense information? And they're going to keep doing this to Donald Trump. This may not be the last superseding indictment as we await. And now this is also, lastly, this is also a shot across the bow at at the two lawyers that appeared today this morning for a cup of coffee with Jack Smith in Todd Blanche and uh, John Lauro down in, in Florida about you want to keep effing with me in a, in, a, in a presentation in the morning about how this was all about. Uh, he just uh, Donald Trump just wanted to have an audit and stop the election. He, he wasn't trying to steal anything. Good luck. I just superseded the indictment in Mar-a-Lago. Go chew on that, and we'll see you tomorrow with the indictment. Ben Micellis, joined by Michael Popak, Legal AF. Make sure you subscribe to Legal AF wherever podcasts are available. Make sure to subscribe to our YouTube channel. It is free. That was some major breaking news, folks, and we will be back, of course, with more breaking news. Shout out to the Midas Mighty. Lock him up. Indictment season is upon us. Celebrate with the new Indictment Season t-shirt and v-neck exclusively at store.midastouch.com. 